This episode of Hit the Ground Running is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. I'm Christina Royster. And I'm Yasmin Gagne. And you're listening to Hit the Ground Running, a fast company podcast where we help young professionals uncover how to make it in the ever-changing world of work. On today's episode, we talk about imposter syndrome, what it is, and our personal experiences with it. Yes, when you first started working here at Fast Company, did you feel like you belonged? (laughs) No. Did you? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was excited, but I was definitely nervous about screwing it up. I just, you know, being in social media, you basically are like the face of the company as far as, you know, our Twitter and Facebook account. So every day I was like triple checking to make sure I didn't post something out of pocket or something crazy because I just didn't want to screw up and... At the time when I first started here, I was pretty desperate for a job because I was unemployed for a while. And I was like, oh, God, I don't ever want to be unemployed again and I can't screw up this job. So that's mostly where my fear came from. But as far as belonging, I felt like I belonged. I felt like my credentials, you know, spoke for me. But before this job, I would say just a couple years ago, I definitely didn't feel like I belonged in my job. I feel like you're so confident. Like, I remember still getting a slack from you on your first day being like, hey, Yaz, want to get coffee? And I was like, oh, my God. When I first started, I was just like (laughs) hiding near my desk and I was like really sweaty. You know what? People always say that they think that I'm confident, but really, I guess I'm just a great actor. Fake it till you make it is really my motto. (laughs) I have a friend, she's kind of going through the same thing where she's feeling a little insecure about her job, not really feeling like, I don't know, I guess sometimes you just can't believe it. When you finally get your dream job, you can't believe it and you feel like you don't belong there. And so she's enjoying it. But every now and then, I guess she just becomes overwhelmed and starts to psych herself out. Well, there is a term for that, Christina. Yes, imposter syndrome. So Uh. I... Don't even know where this term came from, but I'm about to tell you. I have the info right here from our producer. Thanks, producer. Imposter syndrome refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. And a psychologist, Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes, developed the concept originally turned imposter phenomenon. I don't know which one is worse, imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon. (laughs) But they found this out in their study in 1978, and they actually discovered that it happens a lot amongst high-achieving women. So what do you think about that? Well, that's us. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. I also think anecdotally it happens a lot not just to high-achieving women, but to high-achieving women of color. Yeah. When there are fewer examples that you can see, like, I remember, this is so random, and I think now, you know, our our chief is a person of color, we have plenty of women of color at our office, but I I remember two things. One, when I was a kid, I loved, I always loved news programs and, you know, reading the news or whatever, and there was one Pakistani-British kids tv presenter named connie huck and she was like the only one and she like meant so much to me and i still google her really creepily once in a while i'm like where's connie huck i hope she's doing good you know but but all this to say when you don't see yourself reflected as much i think you know it's definitely easy to sort of develop that imposter syndrome and two like so I'll, i'll take an example like in a previous job i had which i hated i hated this job so much but a big reason 
I ended up leaving and something I'm so grateful for at Fast Company is I feel like you always want to work at a place where you can see people higher up and you're like, oh, in like 10 or 20 years, I would love to be you. Like your life looks awesome. I really feel that about Fast Company. Like I see some editor, you know, more senior editors or our editor in chief. And I'm like, yeah, like you're awesome. That's great. Whereas like my previous job, I'd be like, your life is a trash fire. <laughs> like I don't want to, when I'm 45, like I pray that I am not anything like you, you know? What you said about representation definitely stands out to me because I guess you're not going to feel like you belong at a job if you don't see other people like you, you know, in the culture. And my worst experience with imposter syndrome was at an advertising agency. I was a graphic designer and it was a small agency. There were only about 12 employees. It was family owned. And so out of those 12 employees, only four were women and I was one of them. So that right there, just feeling like this is a man's world, feeling like, oh, I'm just a little girl coming in here. And then um, I was only, I was the only person of color at all. There was not a black person, not an Asian person, not an Indian person. It was just me. And so was this where you sang Stevie Wonder? Yes. Yes. Listeners, please go <laughs> so back and listen to the bonus job. episode. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a bad job, but it was just a bad experience because I always just felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb and it just made me want to prove myself that much more. But it felt like every attempt I made at proving myself then I just flopped on my face and I just started to feel like that was the one time I really felt like, damn, I'm just not a good graphic designer and I really suck as a designer and I should have never got this degree. Like it really made me, obviously I'm a good designer if I graduated and I, and people have complimented my work and et cetera. But in my head, that job psyched me out so much. It made me feel like I wasn't good enough. It's interesting. I, um, I get imposter syndrome a lot, you know, even at Fast Company especially early when I first started, but I still feel it all the time, right? Where you'll be in the middle of a draft and you'll be like, my God, like no one should have assigned this to me. This is going to be the end of the magazine. I think it's hard to overcome that. I mean, I even felt that way in college. You know, I felt like I, I worked, I mean, this is such an annoying thing to say, but I worked my ass off in high school I'm not saying that's why I got into college, but like... No, it's true. Like, we kind of have this self-doubt, but obviously we have the credentials, you know? No, but I remember in high school, I was like, I can do this. And then I got to college and I was like, wow, they made a mistake accepting me. I was like, everybody in this dorm is so much smarter than me. To be honest, like, it is like empirically true. Like, the guy who lived next door to me, shout out Brendan Chamberlain Simon, pilots the Mars rover at NASA now. So like... I mean, yeah, you're doing arguably better. <laughs> you know, I remember feeling that way. And then it sort of came back when I started in the workforce. So was there ever a time that you were confident in your work? <laughs> no. Or this whole time you've just been? <laughs> I keep thinking, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'll get that promotion or I'll publish this feature and I'll know, you know, I'll know that I belong. But, you know hasn't come yet. At the same time, I think it can, like, I don't think it's a great thing that I feel this way. I think it's pretty normal though, but I feel like there's sort of two heads to it, if that makes sense. So I feel like sometimes it's good in the sense that like, it can kind of light a fire under me, you know, like I'm so freaked out that everybody will regret giving me an opportunity that I like 
try really hard. Mm, that literally is one of our notes right here for this episode. Yeah. We wrote down overachieving and how imposter syndrome makes you want to overachieve. But I'll, I'll tell you guys something that my manager told me. At one point, my manager told me, you know, the people who actually do belong and actually do have an impact at this company, they're not yapping about it all the time. They're not always trying to prove their worth. The people who don't have any impact, they're the ones who actually uh, are, you know, always talking about how important they are. So that proved to me like, okay, so maybe I am a high achiever without having to tell people. And I, I didn't realize that. So that was interesting. And I think that Sometimes when we let this imposter syndrome get to us, we end up sabotaging ourselves. I can admit yeah. I'm definitely a self-sabotager. Oh, oh totally, my gosh. Totally. Oh my you gosh. You, I will. Yeah. When you're so nervous about completing a task that you leave it till the last minute and then you're like scrambling yes. like an idiot. Yeah. And just the whole thing about imposter syndrome is that it's really an unrealistic view of your competence and skills. And I don't know about you, but I've shared on the podcast before how I have anxiety. Yeah. So with my anxiety, basically everything I do in life is unrealistic. In my in my mind, every single thing that I do, I basically spin scenarios out of control, unfortunately. And so that's probably what I'm doing in my career as well with imposter syndrome. It's probably not as bad as I think it is. I think, I mean, the other thing that's interesting, and it's something I've been working on a lot this year, during the coronavirus is like, I've been so used to external markers of success. You know what I mean? Like, you know, everything from when you're a kid being like, I have a good GPA to like going to college and then to like getting the right job to like getting promoted. And first of all, we work in media, which like means that like your financial compensation and what have you is, is never going to reflect how hard you're working. But secondly, like, I think when you're constantly attributing your idea of success to like internal factors, it kind of does something bad to you. I've been trying to think of like success a little bit differently. You know what I mean? Success is like, I did this work that I'm proud of rather than like, I did this work and someone liked it, or I did this work and like it led to a promotion or, you know what I mean? I'm so glad you said that because Aside from the work that I do with Fast Company, you all know that, you know, I'm, I'm in the media space as a content creator. And sometimes I don't see the needle moving. I'm not getting as many likes as I want or not, not as many views. And so for some reason, I've just internalized that as, oh, well, people must not like me. Oh, I must not be as good as I think. I've said that to myself recently, like, oh, I'm not as good as I think. Or maybe I'm not that maybe I'm not that creative. Maybe I'm actually just not that funny. <laughs> and so now I'm realizing like, okay, are you doing this for yourself or are you doing this for views? Like like you said, like what is my benchmark for success? And when we tether our success to those external factors, it is a recipe for disaster. So I completely agree with what you're saying about, I, I think success and imposter syndrome go hand in hand because for me, like, like you said, yes, I stepped into Fast Company and I was just happy to have a job. I didn't start thinking about imposter syndrome until later. But then- as, as sometimes I sit into these, these meetings and these group chats at work and I feel like, oh my gosh, I have nothing of value to add to this conversation. I have no idea what other people are talking about. Even I can share, this is kind of funny. Sometimes you and the other junior employees, the young girls, you'll all be talking about like a journalist did this on Twitter or did that. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> but you're just in a different, like you're, but you're not, you know what I mean? Yes. Like you probably know more about social media than I do. 
So guess what? Me and Christina got verified on Twitter this week. Yes. <laughs> so I'm officially a famous person. That's what that means. But that's I was thinking about that. Like, oh, I'm verified now. Like, d- does that equal success for me? Am I am I finally am I finally going to admit to myself that I'm a media personality? Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> this um, movie director that I love named Whit Stillman, he directed Metropolitan and Last Days of Disco, somehow followed me on Twitter today. And I was like, yes. And then, yes, like it makes then, me feel good. And then I was like, what the heck have I been tweeting? I was like, Pre- pressure's on to say something, anything that's like. No, yeah. As soon as I got verified, I was like, okay, now people are going to be looking at me to be like the smart, witty person on Twitter. When in reality, this week I tweeted, I like pork bacon over turkey bacon. Like, that's all you're going to see on my Twitter. I'm not, just because I'm verified doesn't mean that I'm going to magically turn into this media guru. I did see that tweet. I thought about liking it, but it's like a really haram statement. So as a Muslim, I don't, I was like, I can't support her in this. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But that just, it really just goes back to imposter syndrome. Like, oh, maybe I don't deserve to be verified on Twitter because I only have 800 followers. Like, no, I worked my butt off. Like you said, worked our butts off at Fast Company And we might not have the most followers, but we deserve to be verified. We're journalists. We're just like everybody else. We might not have the most followers, but we have the most heart. Anyway, (laughs) we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll talk about how we have challenged imposter syndrome in our lives or if we've challenged imposter syndrome in our lives. Yeah. (laughs) This episode of Hit the Ground Running is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. Christina, how have you overcome imposter syndrome? Well, I guess it's still a work in progress. (laughs) Every day I really have to wake up and make a conscious decision. Like you are good enough. You belong here. And, you know, at work, I feel like I have gotten more comfortable at Fast Company. I've been here for two years. So here and there I'll have moments like, oh, my God, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. But in my other professions and, you know, content creation and being on camera, sometimes I do get discouraged. But the thing that really keeps me motivated is my faith. I am a faith-based woman. And so I just remind myself that I am meant to do this because these are my God-given talents. This is what God has called me to do. I don't know if other people have that kind of relationship with a higher up, But for me, that really keeps me motivated and going because it's really not up to me. It's up to God. God told me that I had a voice to be a storyteller. And so I'm going to do what he told me to do, you know? And um, a couple scriptures actually keep me motivated since we're talking about it. Sorry, y'all. I'm not trying to take y'all to church, but (laughs) I'm going to share. This is now a religious podcast. This is a podcast about religion. Anyway. This scripture always keeps me going. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So sometimes the going does get tough. Sometimes it's hard to, you know, keep keep posting and keep promoting and keep marketing yourself over and over. It's hard. You feel like it's not catching on. But I think that if I don't give up, I will reap a harvest eventually. So that's what motivates me. How about you? Do you have that either tattooed on you or did you tweet that recently? It's one of the two. Yeah, probably, probably did tweet it, but I also have a tattoo. (laughs) I have a tattoo that says cast down, but not destroyed. So even though you get down, knocked down, you always get back up. So (laughs) got it. (laughs) 
That's like a really metal tattoo. For me, I have some advice that my cousin Chris. Hi, family. Told me like many years ago. And I think about it a lot where he was always like, focus on the work. At some point, it's like, you need to tune out all this stuff you're asking yourself about whether you should be here or any office drama or what have you. And just like, look at the task in front of you and get it done. And it's so hard. But if you can find a way to kind of refocus your mental energy there, that's what I keep in mind. I really like that. There is this Muslim saying that I sometimes mutter under my breath, but I feel like the translation is like, keep the devil away from me. So that's like not useful at all for anyone. No, seriously. <laughs> like, I don't want any negative energy. I want all positive energy in my career, in my life. And something you just sh- said, shout out to Cousin Chris, it reminded me of, um, I was actually listening to our other Fast Company podcast, Creative Conversations. So I'm going to plug that right now. I was listening to that episode uh, with Wayne Brady and Wayne Brady said, just make the work. Like you said, just make the work. And if you love it and other people don't, at least you made yourself happy, you know, like, so I really liked what he said yeah, about that. I love that. Shout out Wayne Brady. I think that's a good place to end talking about this. And it's you kind of like teed up a segue for our keeping tab segment. Okay. I know that we just had a bonus episode recently about food, but I have to share one more food thing with you guys. It recently was National Ice Cream Day on July 18th. And so I found this black woman owned ice cream brand, Cincinnati based chef Liz Rogers has created an artisan ice cream brand and it's now being sold in Walmart. It's called. Creamalicious. Mm. So that is what I'm keeping tabs on this summer. But what's your flavor? What's the flavor, dude? They have this flavor. It's like bourbon, brown sugar bourbon cake. That that does sound pretty good. I have a very different recommendation for you. It's food for your mind. You like how you see what I did there? Yeah. Mm. Um, There's a podcast (laughs) called The Plot Thickens. It's produced by TCM and uh, Campfire Media. It's about the making of the movie version of Bonfire of the Vanities. So Bonfire of the Vanities by Tom Wolfe came out. It was like a huge hit. And then Brian De Palma, who directed Scarface, decided to direct the movie. And the movie just was a disaster. It's like a terrible movie. Uh, There's a lot of things that don't make sense in it. Um, It flopped to the box office. And it starts like, it was starting like Tom Hanks and Bruce Willis, Melanie Griffiths, Morgan Freeman. You know what I mean? It had big stars. But it's this podcast that's basically about all of the small creative decisions or like every decision that happened that like caused the budget to balloon or like why they cast it in such a weird way. You know what I mean? And it's like, what's that book? The best and the brightest where it's like, you can get like a room full of the smartest and most talented people to solve a problem. And they don't, you know what I mean? It doesn't work out. That was an expression. I think a true or like it's a book about the Vietnam War, so like obviously a weird comment, yeah, comparison, weird comparison but- <laughs> that I made there. But you know what I mean? And it's like it the podcast is so fascinating, and you hear their voices, like they have recordings of Tom Wolf and Brian De Palma and Bruce Willis, and it's I mean, super fascinating. So I highly recommend it. You can listen to it on Spotify. I really love the fact that you can make a podcast about anything, yeah. including us talking about <laughs> imposter syndrome. <laughs> I hope this helped our listeners today. 
Thank you for listening to Hit the Ground Running. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and recommend this show to a colleague or friend or colleague who is a friend. Also, if you have a few minutes, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're a new show and your review helps others find us. Or you can send us an email at podcast at fastcompany.com. So let us know your thoughts and tell us if you have a question or an issue you'd like us to tackle on the show. Hit the Ground Running is produced by Franz Bowen with help from Blake Odom and with editorial oversight from Kate Davis. 